Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today's topics, we have a panel of uh, specialists on these issues. Uh, we have Rochelle Crump and attorney Ernesto Borges, who are uh, regulars on our show. And they are uh, mm. going to tell you about some real uh, interesting things happening. So we're going to start with Rochelle. Mm. And there's a CNN article, uh, Defense Secretary Dismisses Hundreds of Members of Pentagon Advisory Boards, Including Late Trump Picks. Okay, hit it, Rochelle. <laughs> you got to tell us about this. Well, you know, absolutely. When you talk <laughs> about political jobs, you know, you're already abreast that when you're not unionized, mm-hmm. you're serving at the pleasure of. Yes. And that could be the director, that could be the president, that could be the vice president. So you kind of prepared for it in some ways. But I think that mm-hmm. what, um, Secretary of Defense is doing is he's making it clear of his authority as, and his leadership as a civilian. Because as you know, that is one of the things that they were challenging him on because he was just coming out of retirement and they were, you know, kind of like on the edge of that accusation of, oh, you're going to be doing what your boss used to do and, you know, things of that nature. And that does happen sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's clear it happens. Uh, you know, and then I'm sure that. Some of them that work will be saved, and I think that there'll be political favors, if you will. And a lot of times what happens is it's based on influence. Mm-hmm. You know, the influence comes from who you know, you know, and then there's the community influence also. Because mm-hmm. what happens is, you know, veterans, let's just take that for example, veterans are a huge population. So there's a lot of veteran organizations. There's a lot of supporters of veterans. And, you know, you could use that influence to basically uh, kind of sway your opinion that maybe I'll leave that person here. But mm-hmm. I know that he's looking for trust. He's right. looking for knowledge. He's looking for loyalty. And he's going to find that in some people, basically, who he gets recommendations from. But it's wise that he does come in, cleaning house making sure that, you know, he can place those people who he already has built a relationship with that have those three things, the trust, the loyalty, and the knowledge, because he's going to need them along the way. And he's looking for people to take charge in their positions as well. And that's part of the knowledge that they may have. Those who've been in the community, who know the ropes through Mm -hmm. legislation and who knows laws and things of that nature. So I think he's going to bring in the top of the line people because he's going to prove them wrong. Being the top head African-American there, I think he's going to have that influence and he's going to make a huge difference. I am so proud of him and I am so happy that people saw through the lines of legislation that hold back people who basically can do those jobs and do them well. Yeah, so sometimes it's better to have someone come in and it says, like, what you know before who you know. <laughs> it sounds like he knows what he should know. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to go Absolutely. to next to the next yeah. CNN article. You know, there's a Secretary of Defense orders all military to pause and review handling of extremism in ranks. 
And Ernesto, I know it, it's been a long time since we talked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but, <laughs> I, I, but I want you to uh, tell us what is going on with this. Is it it's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, certainly it's, it's, a, it's a great thing because, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, as we saw when these people uh, uh, the siege upon the, the, the capital, uh, that many of them are ex-military, uh, and some of them, uh, and there are many active military members who certainly share those uh, sentiments that those uh, insurrectionists and uh, seditionists uh, believe in. And, you know, with the new uh, Secretary of Defense, you know, we should make it a policy not to just wait until. And you remember when the troops they were they were vetting some of the troops who were going to be guarding the Capitol, uh, and they had to send some of them home uh, because mm-hmm. uh, they had ties to these extremist groups. And so I think the secretary is moving toward the direction of of vetting many people before they join the military, and and to to see uh, you, you know what their ties are. And what, and they should make them sign it uh, under penalty of perjury. You know whether they belong to some of these extremist groups, and and you have to ferret out these people and 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 not uh, put them certainly in, in 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 big positions. You know, we know just you were an officer. I was an enlisted mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. but certainly I came in contact with a lot of officers and, mm-hmm. and subject to the officers and so forth. Mm-hmm. But there's there's discrimination mm-hmm. in the armed services. Yes. And mm-hmm. certainly when I was in Vietnam in 68, 69, mm-hmm. I was faced with discrimination. Remember, that was a pretty uh, high time of, of uh, civil rights movement. Oh, uh, and it, it extended yeah. to the military. It, it didn't just end at the civil shores, but also mm-hmm. it infiltrated the military. Uh, very much, and mm-hmm. and I think that with this Secretary of Defense, he's going to uh, uh, ferret out some of these people who have these extreme uh, sentiments, and it's necessary, uh, and I think it's a very good thing, and it's, it's about time somebody did that, had the nerve to do it, had the, the you know, we know that it needed to be done, but uh, nobody wanted to face it and uh-huh. say it exists, that, but uh, yeah. It, yeah. yeah, you make a really good know. point, Ernesto, because yeah. um, even the, the impetus for some of the civil rights movements were veterans who returned who actually participated in that process, right, of the civil rights uh, movement. Uh, many of the Vietnam veterans, of course, were being uh, ostracized un- unfairly and unjustly. And, uh, you know, and, and they had protected yeah. this country, swore an oath, and the people, sure. um, you know, sort of turned on them that actually the ones who sent them over and some of them who had bone spurs didn't have to go. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so, but, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting you know, correlation. You know, Doc, you know? <laughs> I have a, a very good friend who is an attorney. He's very fair complexioned, mm-hmm. and he was a lieutenant uh, down in the South, yeah. and he was telling me how, he had to bring it to the attention that to the of the other officers, mm-hmm. I'm black. Oh, you know, okay. <laughs> I, I may look like a white boy, but I'm black. I was raised black, and I, you know, I consider myself black. Mm-hmm. And you all can't talk like this in my presence. And oh, so it, it's there, you yes, know. Yes, it, yes, it's, yes. it's 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 there, and it, it mm-hmm. needs to be um, singled out, ferreted out. It needs to be extinguished. Yeah, because uh, you know, it's a combat yeah, and when you look at just take the Marine Corps for example, if you just look at who's been commandant before, look at the lineup of all of those white gentlemen and the four-star generals who could have been commandant but never made it. Put thirty and thirty-five on forty 
Yeah, and right. I, and, and one yeah. of the things uh, I was going to say is, well, you know, when I was a combat medic, I didn't care about what your race was and what your gender was, anything. Uh, I was caring about whether you were going to be surviving because you wrote, wrote, you know, you put your hand up just like I did, and right. uh, said that you were going to defend this country. And right. uh, so, you know, it, you know, from what you were saying uh, just now, and that's what was really important about, you know, having the courage to come forward and to confront those right. issues. And right. we have a lot of, you know, champions, you, and, and it, it's, a, it's not a thing where, you know, we have a racial issue, but you do have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whites who are in the military who are standing up for justice and they uh, voice right. their opinions and are good people, oh. uh, you know, and, right. and actually participate uh, in the right, right way. So. You know what? You know, one thing that got me, I was watching uh, CNN and they were showing uh, these people chanting USA, USA. That irritates me so much mm-hmm. as if you're the only patriots here, only people who, who love this country. Mm-hmm. And I, it actually brought tears to my eyes when I watched the hatred that some of these people had, uh, you know, and the, the Confederate flag and, and all of this mm-hmm. and all that. And as a combat uh, medic yourself and me as an infantry uh, mm-hmm. com- uh, soldier, mm-hmm. uh, combat soldier, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, and, 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 and I know, Rochelle, you've been in this situation, but where you, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's us. It, when I was in combat, it was us. us. We were Americans. <laughs> That's right. You were Vietnamese. <laughs> you were Viet Cong. You, it was us against you. It w- there wasn't black, white. I can remember going to get white soldiers who were hit, wounded, put them on a helicopter. I'm sure you've yeah, been yeah. in the same situation. Yes. It was USA versus the enemy, uh, right or wrong, whatever, whether we should have been there or not. Mm-hmm. But then when you see people who now it's no longer, it's like if we don't have this external enemy, enemy then we turn in on ourselves. Yes, and, yes. And, and we make enemies of, of fellow Americans. That's right. Well, when we didn't have that in the 60s, in a sense, it was them against us. You know, I mean, you you had the the people who who were protesting the Vietnam War and all that. But I'm saying in combat, it was us versus them. And there was no, you know, thinking, oh, he's black, he's white, he's this, he's that. Mm. Um, You know, you had the green uniform on, as I did, you had USA. But when you see us turn against each other, it, it... Yes. Yeah, and and, you know, and this is a multi. Let me, just, let me share this with you, and and I appreciate you saying that, but that was not my case in the military, and I don't like to tell uh, this. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I will say this: I lost. I got my first. Well, the only Article 15 that I got because I got called the N word, and I forgot I was mm. in the military and not at home, and I got that uh, mm. that Article 15. Nothing happened to her. Mm-hmm. They took uh, money from me, mm-hmm. and then they put that mm-hmm. on my record, and it made it kind of hard for me a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and I've experienced that being in Veterans Affairs, mm-hmm. being the only mm-hmm. female actually at that particular time, because mm-hmm. I've been in Veterans Affairs for over 40-something years, you know. Mm-hmm. So I took positions pretty much that were political, which I didn't have any political affiliation with. So I was just kind of learning the ropes of, hey, you know, I see these people, they all got, you know, power and privilege and everything, and I don't know mm-hmm. why. Well, Harold Washington actually picked me because he basically started that Veterans Advisory Council for the city of Chicago. But I was up against mm-hmm. all these men, mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. white men. I had no mm-hmm. idea how important 
court in that position mm. was, and I mm-hmm. tell you, they were like the meanest people in mm. the world yeah. to me. And I had to mm. fight my way, and I mean literally fight my way through that position, being in the city of Chicago, uh, director of Veterans Affairs, and then fight my way, especially when I became the assistant director for the Illinois Department mm. of Veterans Affairs. I was the <laughs> first female and African-American since 1945 to get in that executive staff. So <laughs> it was hell on wheels, I want to tell you, mm. and I'll never forget how I was treated. And the only reason why they started treating me different is because I did not allow them to treat me any other way. I stood up mm. to them, and I faced off with them. And it yeah. was hard, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that, it's, it's always, you know, we all have these uh, paths we're going on, especially, you know, you know, I've been a physician, and I can't tell, I can tell you a hundred stories about how uh, you are viewed going into the medical profession. I'm, I'm sure, Ernesto, you can say a thousand mm-hmm. stories about <laughs> being a legal profession, legal, right. you know, and this implicit bias and explicit bias that goes on. And we have to realize that this is a, multi, a multi-dimensional street. So what we have to right. stop doing is... Uh, automatically assuming that a person is the way they we think they are you know and that that's whether you know whether we are uh, a person is latino whether they're african-american asian uh whether the lbgtq community you know all these stereotypes and all these different things Mm -hmm. we have got to come to grips with that and become more unified you know as a body and and that institutionalized racism it's it's you know it's coming to its end its end of existence now and that should not be uh, part of our society but i'm going to go to one uh cnn audio clip it's always been about power and privilege oh yes and they think that they own america that we are not like you said we are not patriotic Mm -hmm. that we don't really belong in that arena you know they don't Uh think we do and we have had to prove that all along that this is our america too right you know i'll tell you i had a meeting right Mm -hmm. after that insurgents i had a meeting i found it very hard and i i had to confess to my comrades i cannot say that pledge of allegiance today Okay. I cannot. Yeah, I'm right, because you get those me. emotional periods where, you, you know, we all have those emotions where it's like, I can't yeah. do this today. <laughs> I understand that. I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we have, a, we have a CNN audio clip uh, where Biden says Trump should no longer receive classified intelligence briefings. I'm not sure if he was reading those before anyway, but, <laughs> but let's go to the clip. Should former President Trump still receive intelligence briefings? I think not. Why not? Because of his erratic behavior unrelated to the insurrection. I mean, you've called him an existential threat. You've called him dangerous. You've called him reckless. Yeah, I have, and I believe it. What's your worst fear if he continues to get these intelligence briefings? I'd rather not speculate out loud. I just think that there is no need for him to have that that intelligence briefing. What value is giving him an intelligence briefing? What impact does he have at all other than the fact he might slip and say something? Former U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, you used to get intelligence briefings. You had security clearances. What do you make of uh, the, uh, the current president's answer? I think he's absolutely right. And I think you and Caitlin covered it pretty well. Uh, there are a number of reasons why he shouldn't. Uh, there's no need. Uh, there's a risk because this is what the former president I think was somewhat cavalier in how he used intelligence information. And the giving of intelligence briefings to former presidents is not in a rule, it's not in a statute, it's a norm, it's a courtesy. 
And to extend that courtesy to a former president who broke all the norms, including with respect to intelligence, I don't think is necessary at all. And also remember that Donald Trump was the president in office who chose in fits of pique to try to take away security clearances of former high, high intelligence officials, including John Brennan. So the most important reason is that it poses a risk. The second most important reason is that there's no need. What benefit does the United States get to give intelligence briefings to a person, as Caitlin points out, uh, didn't care about them when he was in office? Yeah. Boy, I can I can tell you, um, I have a funny feeling. I know what the governor of Talk Radio, with <laughs> Kelly, would say if he were here today. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to open it up. Uh, I know. Uh, why don't you go, uh, Ernesto, and give us a little bit of thing? Because well, I, I know uh, Rochelle's on fire today, so <laughs> we're going to oh, yeah, give her yeah. some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I might say that uh, a, a combat soldier's experience sometimes is a little different yeah. from from what is a little different from what Rochelle experienced. But but anyway, mm-hmm. be that as it may, I um, I mm-hmm. think that's absolutely right. And this is a man who didn't read the intelligence briefings. He didn't even listen to them. Right. He didn't even read the synopsis, uh, synopses of, of those intelligence briefings. Mm-hmm. And he only used them for purposes of his own aggrandizement, you know, to monetize it. Right. Uh, and so I, there's no need for him to know uh, because all he'll think about is, how can I monetize this? Yeah. I know something's coming down the pike. I can sell these stocks, buy some stocks. Uh, he's an unscrupulous, um, unpatriotic um, uh, man who, if Joe Biden said, there's no need, and it's just a courtesy, and it's a courtesy that doesn't need to be extended to him right. uh, for any reason. Yeah, yeah, and this is a, this is a nonpartisan issue. This is an issue of you know national security and making sure that. You know, uh, we're not giving someone information. So, Rochelle, you know, we still are in the shadows of the whole Russian conspiracy and the Chinese conspiracy and all those kinds of things uh, with Trump. So, you know, uh, I don't know if I want to, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to end up on Putin's breakfast table or what. <laughs> but what, what are right, you exactly. 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 And I think the commander in chief, he handled that well. I thought he spoke well about it. He was cautious in what he said. Yes. And I think that he was deliberate in what he meant. And I can uh-huh. only say that, you know, when you apply for a gun, they always ask you, you know what, do you have a record? They ask you, do, you know, do you take medication? They ask you, you know, do you have any backgrounds of mental health issues and things like that? I think that that's going the same way with having him receiving the information that is pertinent to this country. You know, because all the threats that he got that little finger and he going to push that button and everything. You know, I mean, he set up a uh, perimeter where we're like boxed in because we don't know what he has done. Right. The country doesn't know what he's done behind their back. No. You know, no. we're going to find out no. some things later on and no. hopefully they'll catch it in time. You know, you've already said, what, you know, he's built so many things with so many different people, but we don't know what to what level it really is. Right, right. Yeah. And, and we don't know what happened to those two hours of conversation he had with Putin. Uh, behind closed doors, and, and no one knows today what was discussed. Uh, I think Putin has something on him, the compromise, as they call it. Uh, I think he has the pres- uh, 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 Trump compromised. Uh, he may seek information from from Trump uh, as to you know what we our plans near Ukraine or or the Balkans or the, or the uh, Baltic uh, countries up there. 
I, I, I you just he, he's not to be trusted. And Joe Biden yeah. is extremely in, uh, aware of this, and he tried to be a little um, diplomatic, yeah, kind, <laughs> diplomatic, <laughs> diplomatic. Thank you for the word I'm speaking. <laughs> diplomatic, but right. uh, I'm sure he is dead. Yeah, yeah. Because one one of the things about this too is that you know uh, Trump um, has gone down to uh, Mar-a-Lago, and it, it, it sounds like he's trying to establish a secondary parallel government. Almost, uh, he has uh-huh. a website and right. blogs and all that kind of stuff, and you know a lot of followers down there, and even you know the congressional members who are in the party who watched an insurrection are still supporting him. Uh, you know, so it, would this be informing another government? <laughs> you know, another potential right. insurrectionist government right. by having right. sharing uh, classified information with them. Yeah. Uh, and I have a question. I wonder. <laughs> you know, other people like Clapper and all them used to have mm-hmm. at one time had. Uh, he got briefings, I think, and had certain certain clearances. Mm-hmm. But I think Biden should look at not only Trump, but uh, Pence and, and anybody else yeah. affiliated with Trump that might have access to information and cut it off for all of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and they need to bring, they need to bring Clapper back. <laughs> they need to bring right. people yeah. who had exactly. integrity back. Right. Exactly, exactly. We, we lost because a lot of good uh, yeah. public servants, you know, under that administration. Yeah, yeah, we did, and you can bring bring some of them back. Uh, you know, he, uh, Fauci. No, he's gonna you're gonna stick with me, Fauci. And yeah. and but but yeah. I wouldn't trust anybody in that 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 uh, orbit of uh, of, uh, of Trump. That mm-hmm. anybody within his his sphere, they may, you know, they, their loyalty may still be to him. So I'd cut them all off. So you, you don't think that uh, Giuliani should become part of the Defense Department? <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? They're facing the music now because they're facing that $2.7 billion lawsuit. Oh, uh, yeah. Giuliani right. and, uh, right. huh. and Fox News and Lou Dobbs just got uh, canned, yeah. and uh, the rest of them should. So, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I think we should – we've learned our lesson being the nice guy and being diplomatic, trying to reach across the aisle and all that. I think Joe has learned, uh, you know, during the Obama administration, uh, and that, you know, power is power. And when you get power, use it. And uh, You know, Ernesto, you brought, up, you brought up a good point, and it's, it's yeah. like we have three minutes before the show has to close out. But, you know, the, the other topic that we were going to sort of tangentially talk about was, you know, Trump being called to testify. Can they, as a lawyer, can you explain that a little bit, just quickly, you know, can they force him to come well, to testify? Well, you know, I think they can, uh-huh. uh, but I don't think they will. I don't think they'll, they'll force him to, to testify. And, of course, he can say, take the fifth. I guess the fifth would apply to him also to say, look, I'm not going to do anything that, uh, even, even though it's not a criminal proceeding and maybe the fifth, uh, technically, technically doesn't apply, but uh, he's not going to testify. No, they're not going to force him to testify. Uh, you know, they can argue about it. One one legal scholar may say yes, they can. Another might say no, they can't. I think they ultimately could, but I don't think they they have the appetite. Okay. Uh, for okay. In the last minute and a half. Anyway. Well, in the last minute and a half, I want uh, Rochelle. You can give us a closing thoughts in the last minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and, you know, I'm, just. I'm, a, I'm, 
counting on them. I'm counting on them to do the right thing. I don't think that he should be given a pass. I think what he did was criminal. And I think that every time you do something criminal, you have to pay for it one way or the other, or we will pay for it later because then other Mm -hmm. people will be following that same behavior. So, you know, I think that they have to do what they have to do, and I trust that they will. And I know that our vice president has the last word. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. <laughs> Kamala, we'll be we'll call, call on you. All right, all right. Well, Kamala, we'll yeah. so, I, so, I, what about I you, just Ernesto? Don't think that he will, I just don't think that he will testify, and he's going to lie if he does anyway. So, maybe they could impeach him again. Who knows? <laughs> A third it time. Wouldn't be, not, it wouldn't ball. be anything new. Yeah. They were saying not, it. That wouldn't be yeah. anything new. <laughs> well, I've been sure. the most impeached person in history, you know. <laughs> impeach him after so, he's left. I don't know. <laughs> <president's> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Well, you know, this, I hope he just goes on with his life and that, um, you know, that, uh, well, you know, his, his, yeah. uh, his, his niece was really you know, eloquent in saying yeah. that he needs yeah. to get some help, and, and hopefully he will, you know. That, yeah, maybe uh, she could be his therapist. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if she'd take that, but, but you know, it's possible. take that job. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's good. But, you know, the only remedy available to the Senate is to say, is to is to bar him from future office, any yeah. federal future office. That's okay. That's the only thing they can do to him. That's right. That's so we are enough. at the time period. So we are going to close out the show. I think that's the whole goal. And then, um, that's their right. whole goal. And, exactly. Right. So we're going to close out the show. I just lo- really loved having you, uh, okay. Rochelle and Ernesto. Always a spirited discussion. Yeah. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.